My next guest is a renowned artist and author. She's used her art to inspire people and to help people heal. Her latest book, Luminous, an artist's story as a guide to radical creativity is a culmination of her artistic career and includes over 120 images of her evotic, evocative paintings. Her art has been compared to Emily Carr. It's also a very healing book. And her book includes exercises to help bring folks in touch with their inner artist. She is none other than Linda Diane Frimer. Good evening, Linda. Hi there, Maureen. Thank you so much for joining me on the program. I have the book on my lap. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh my gosh, I'm honored to have you. It is a magnificent book. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. I received it about a week, week and a half ago. I'd been traveling, so... I got it a couple of days. I, I arrived a few days after it did, but um, it's going to take me a while to go through to absorb all of it, enjoy all of it. I mean, to benefit from all of it. To it, it's just outstanding. Everything between the the quotes, the uh, you know, of many wise people, and your art is magnificent, and your memoir, your history. Um, I mean, I, I just don't even know. How long did this take you to do? <laughs> so I, so I've been working on this book um, since I turned 50 years old, 25 years ago. And it oh, evolved. And it was, uh, I tried to put it aside at times because it, um, it was a, a, an emotional and a really uh, big journey. But I found that so much that I was involved in so many of my experiences were really feeding and nurturing others and uh, that art was a way to unify in a world that is experiencing more and more chaos. So I couldn't put it aside and um, I finally completed it just this year. It's it's just unbelievable. And I don't we I wish we had I, I mean I haven't had enough time obviously to go through all of it, but I will. But you know I can imagine it's gonna so take me some some time. No, it's magnificent. The the bit, every single bit that I've read and, and viewed, it, it's gorgeous. Um, so your story starts <clears throat> back in the wilderness town, growing up in the wilderness town of Wells, British Columbia. How did that help you to become an artist? Well, I was born in the wilderness town of Wells and only spent my first years there. But um, when I was a little girl, I was uh, I overheard stories in my home about um, the Holocaust and about suffering and the, and the persecution of people and of war. And I would run to the forest, and I found that the forest was always welcoming me. There was no prejudice, no walls there. It was a very safe haven. And I would continue to go to the forest. I find that, that we must nurture ourselves in nature, and that nature accepts everybody. We're all welcome. And it's full of light and energy and color. When I'd close my eyes, I'd imagine tree trunks of turquoise and fuchsia and mauve and incredible love, lovely colors. And when I'd open them, those colors would still be there. So color became very important to me early in my life. And I found that nature was always just an incredibly healing force. It certainly is. I was at somebody's um, house today and they'd actually set up, it was in the city and they'd actually set up, you know, a, a, 
virtual jungle, basically, of plants and, you know, oh. just this oasis. And they'd actually put their desk in there because they're working from home. Um, and, and it was magnificent. You know, nature certainly does have healing powers. What was the inspiration for writing Luminous? The inspiration was um, twofold. First of all, I have always loved stories, and I think stories are another way to heal. When we hear each other's stories on an intimate level, we can't possibly have prejudice about an individual or a group of people that are um, have their own similar stories. And so I wanted to know more of my own ancestors' stories and could only go back to the mid-1800s because of so much loss through pogrom and persecution. And I thought, I want my grandchildren and the generations to come to know my story and as much of the tales of the ancestors that I possibly can gather, I want them to have this. The other thing, and it was a compelling force, was the fact that my art was really helping people. I was helping save forests through working with Paul George of the Wilderness Committee and the Rain Coast Environmental Foundation. I was helping save the salmon. I was finding ways where I could contribute through art. And then I did incredible projects where I worked with um, amazing human beings. George Littlechild, First Nations artist, and I created a book in honor of our grandmothers, working with two poets, Lisa Schneider and Gary Godfrey. And that was a wonderful melding of cultures where we didn't take anything from each other, but just shared reverence between two nations. And it also was a very healing book because people who had intermarried um, interculturally um, were able to pick up this book and see how beautifully this can work in this world and that we all are equal. We may be several different nations, but on so many levels, we are one voice. And there's just one other thing, the Gesha Project, um, many other things, because people, I started using photographs um, in my work, and I did a work for a Holocaust survivor uh, when I had a dream where I wanted to use a real yellow star. She actually brought Uh me her own yellow star from the Holocaust, and with it, a letter she'd written to her mother who perished over 50 years earlier. Oh, my goodness. And so um, I did a work of art where she came to my studio and actually wrote her letter into my painting. And I saw, at the end, she, she said I was a good daughter, and she wept in my arms. And I have her words, which were, Phenomenal. The um, work actually went, um, posters went to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. because of the work that Remya Peril and I did together. And so I took this further and worked with um, Holo- the generations of the Holocaust. Um, there was a silence between them, between the survivors who didn't want to inflict their pain on their children their, or grandchildren. Uh-huh. And, and also with the child survivors. And so um, I worked with an amazing psychologist, Alina Woodrow, a writer, incredible writer, Dale Adams Siegel, and also a phenomenal um, coordinator, Risa Schneider, again. And we were able to become like one voice, again, taking down barriers between our disciplines. And we really did an amazing project where we helped the survivors tell their stories. 
Um, I'm talking a lot, but I wanted to get that all out. It's okay. And I can tell you how we did the stories, if you'd like to hear how, um, how I was able to help them. Um, I, I, I certainly on? would you love to. I, I, I'd love to hear that, but I, I also am curious about the term, and it may have something to do with the healing. Um, how do you define radical creativity? Um, which is been a lot your, of your book, Luminous, yeah. is yeah. an artist's story as a guide to radical creativity, to remind wow. the listeners. Sure. Um, to be um, creative means really to bring something new into creation. And what does it mean to be radically creative? It means to bring something new, like just like creating a spark that it comes from your deepest root of yourself, from deep emotions. There are many um, art movements and artists through the generations who employed radical action, radical creativity in response to war and suffering and, and poverty and all kinds of issues. But it, art is itself a radical action. And I think um, each of us is the artist of our own story. The way we create it, um, we always we will touch upon radical creativity whenever we feel deeply and are able to find a way to express our feelings. Uh-huh. Very interesting. You don't think of it like that. Now, you did want to talk about how you did help well, thank those you. people to heal. Yes. Well, if, I don't think you can ever heal the Holocaust or, or tragic, deep abysses of suffering, but you can bring positive healing energy to these um, terrible events. Um, what I, my part was to take tattered, little tattered photographs from the past, uh, from um, families that were united before this happened, and also some that were right in the middle of the Holocaust. And I uh, um, enlarged them on fiber-based paper, and then I worked with survivors to help them. And some of them in our project did it on their own, but I helped um, several by painting with them to help tell their stories. We would add words and images into the photographs, and then I had them all create a border that was um, uh-huh. like a, a, a five, a four-inch border around each piece to unify the whole exhibit, where I helped them to access personal symbols for their works of art. Uh-huh. And so um, that's that was the way. That was the way I um, was able to do. I was able to do this. Um, I'm sorry, my doorbell just went, and I've, I've just opened it for a friend, but I'm, I'm continuing on. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I, okay. I, did, she, I, I told everyone but, um, uh, that I would be in the interview. Sorry. And so then, um, Don't worry. Um, I, so the, um, I could read you something from that because it's really amazing. My guest is the author, creator, really, artist of Luminous, an artist story as a guide to radical creativity, Linda Diane Primer. Linda is still in the line, thank goodness. Hi, Linda. Hi there. So you were going to read a passage from your book? Yes, I I have so much to share. I just wanted to preface it with the fact that when I was a little girl, it was wonder, the awe of the beauty of nature that really affected me most profoundly 
And then it was able, I found that nature was able to comfort me after that, but it was the light in the forest and just um, the awesomeness of it that affected me first. Mm -hmm. I am sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't think of light in forests, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it it certainly is. You know the way the light filters on pathways through the trees? That's magnificent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. So um, I will read about uh, Francis Hoyd, uh, one of the survivors. Uh, Francis Hoyd, upon seeing the small, somewhat tattered photograph of herself, her brother, and her mother, which she had held on to for over 50 years, now dramatically enlarged and placed on watercolor paper, ran from the art room in tears. This is the first time I've cried in over 50 years, she told me when I followed. Frances had lost her mother in the first moments after they arrived in Auschwitz when she was sent on the pathway to life and her mother on the other. I'm afraid now, she said. I don't know how to paint. I will ruin this image, and it's all I have left of them. Frances, I'll hold your hand, and we'll paint together. What is your favorite color? I mixed up the decided royal blue watercolor and held her hand so that we painted the background around her family's portrait together. The next day, Frances arrived at my home studio door. I must finish the painting before I kick the bucket, she said. Apprehensive. Oh, oh, pardon me. Frances chose carnations as a symbol to border her artwork because her husband George had given her carnations for every special occasion. I made a stencil of a carnation and Frances painted them in white all around the border of her image except for three carnations which she painted in red to express the loss of her mother, her brother, and her husband. Apprehensive of working on her image in the beginning, by its end, Frances fearlessly wrote these words into the mixed-media artwork of her family. This is my mother, Sarita, and my brother, Pista, who both perished in the Holocaust. Until my last breath on this earth, I will miss them with all of my heart. Even after she had completed her painting in my studio, Frances would stop by often. Honey, she would say, I just wanted to give you a hug. One time while I was recovering from an accident, my daughter answered the doorbell and was handed a bouquet of red and white carnations with the message, she will know who they are from. Wow, that's amazing. That gives me chills. That's just incredible. Frances was the most astonishing person. Um, I, would you like me to read another shorter one, or would you like to speak a little more about the work? You know, I just, um, I, we only have a few minutes left, unfortunately. Okay, the sure. time goes by twice as fast on radio. Um, but yeah. I, So I didn't want to forget to ask you a, qu- a couple of things. Where can you people get the book? And, but also, what advice would you give to budding artists, and how does your book help them to unlock their own creativity? Well, the book is designed, it's layered, and it goes deeper and deeper um, so that people can actually access. It almost takes you to your own essence, to what's important, and we're all the same at our essence. And it's, it's a work that really seeks to unify what we can together in creation. 
Um, the book also has chapters on colors and teaches color mixing and the history and story of color, how it relates to each of us personally and culturally. And my family's story from the mid-1800s follows the artists through the years and what they did that was radical in creativity and how they expressed their emotions in response to what was happening to society at their time. So I think it's, it kind of mirrors a lot, and it has exercises throughout the whole book. So it's an interactive book. There's little doves. I draw doves every day. And so they're little doves that um, are either what some of the great artists did, that if they're taken to um, a form where everyone can do this, but what they did that you can do and also exercises to help ex- access your own creativity. And I think the most important thing I could say is to play like the child that you have inside of you, the child within. Learn to just uh, forget all the, the adult values and judgment and remember how you used to play so freely and without memory because I think if we can get back to playing with how things feel rather than how they appear, we'll be creating real art. Absolutely. And where can people buy this beautiful book? Um, It's available at Indigo throughout Canada um, and also online. Um, I'm not sure. uh, It it will be also at the Jewish Community Center where I will be speaking on the 27th at 3 p.m. at the book fair there. In Vancouver. Yes, in Vancouver, Maureen. Uh, Maureen, I just want to say that you have such a fine reputation and I'm so grateful to be able to speak with you. Um, you're, you're just wonderful. You're too kind. <laughs> well, it's been my honor to speak with you. And this book is such an in-depth, um, beautifully crafted artistic book. And I'm going to have to have you back on to talk about it again. Uh, so Thank we you. Can delve a little bit deeper. Thank you so much, Linda Diane Frimer, and congratulations on all of your fantastic work and, and good luck at your event coming up. 